Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. And at long last, Kevin Durant's long national nightmare is over. Several things that jumped out at me from last night's nine-point win by the Golden State Warriors over the Cleveland Cavaliers to end the NBA Finals in five games to leave the Warriors 16-1, and the greatest postseason performance in the history of the NBA. All of these storylines coming together and culminating in this game's outcome, here are the things that jumped out at me that I think have some resonance as we finish off this season in the NBA. First of all, The Warriors don't win the title without Kevin Durant this year. That is, for everybody out there who's arguing, Kevin Durant chased a championship. This was easy. There's no doubt at all that he was going to win a championship the moment he joined the Warriors. That all may be true, but he went to a team that was not the champion and made them the champion, and without him, they would not have been the champion. That's getting lost, I think, a little bit in the shuffle as people contextualize what happened. Kevin Durant, if he does not join the Warriors, this year's Cleveland Cavaliers repeat as champions. That is, I believe if Kevin Durant stays with the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are not good enough to beat this year's Cavs. They have two really good pieces in Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. I'm not sure whether or not they get past the Golden State Warriors are not. Obviously, last year was the seven-game battle that featured at, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder giving up a 3-1 series lead. But I don't believe OKC would have been good enough to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. And I don't believe the Warriors would have been good enough to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. 
unless Kevin Durant had joined the Warriors. I think that's getting lost. That's a major aspect of this story. Second, Kevin Durant didn't just join a team and make them good enough to win the championship. He was the best player on his team and probably the best player on the court if you consider fourth quarter winning time performance of any player in this series, and that includes LeBron James. Kevin Durant didn't just back his way into winning his first championship. He was the reason his team won as an overall addition, and he was the best player in his first NBA Finals win. Those are important facts to keep in mind, in my opinion. Where does this Warriors team rank? Kevin Durant getting his first championship, and obviously the Warriors dynasty now winning two out of three. Massive favorites, if you consider Vegas, to win three out of four since everybody will be coming back. Where does this Warriors team rank all time? They finished the regular season 67-15, and 15, add in 16-1 and one in the playoffs, which means they finish 83-16 and 16 overall. That compares pretty closely to the Chicago Bulls' 1995-96 team that went 72-10, and 15-3 overall in the playoffs, and finished 87-13. and We've broken that down a few times on this show, the starting lineups. Maybe we'll do that as well later in this show. But this Warriors team now belongs to history. Where does history rank them? I have told you that I believe they are the best team to ever play in the history of the NBA. I don't believe that any team has ever had four guys this good. And to put that into context, since February 4th, that's before the Super Bowl all the way to the finish of the NBA season, these guys lost one game when they all four started since February 4th. That's a remarkable statistic. Again, since February 4th, all the way to the June Game 5 in the NBA Finals, the only time they lost since then, they lost on the road to the Sacramento Kings. They lost that game in overtime. The only time since then that they have lost was in the playoffs to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Think about how remarkable that is. And the only other game even... Mixed in there down the stretch, I believe this team went something like 31-2 and in their final 33 games. And the only game, again, that they lost in that final 33 where they started everybody was game four in the NBA Finals. It took a historic offensive performance by the Cavaliers to beat this Warriors team. One of the greatest offensive performances of all time for the Cavs to even win. What does this mean for LeBron? To me... This doesn't change LeBron's legacy at all. LeBron James played as well as he possibly could in this series. His team was just not good enough. And I think, again, this year's Cavs was better than last year's Cavs. If Kevin Durant stays at OKC, I think LeBron wins his fourth title this year. I think if you look at the way this Cavs team played in the playoffs, they were essentially undefeated coming in, right? 12-1. and One loss where they gave up a 20-plus point lead to the Boston Celtics. And if you look at this performance in general, I think these Cavs would have won their second straight title 
but for Kevin Durant joining the Golden State Warriors. So what does this mean all time for LeBron? Remember, as we entered this NBA Finals, the number one storyline was everybody wanting to talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. I think it's one of the most played out arguments of all time. But everybody wanted to talk LeBron James against Michael Jordan. To me, LeBron James's resume is likely to be complete. Unless LeBron at some point opts out and takes a lot less money to go join a super team, then I think the LeBron James reckoning in terms of looking at his overall resume and comparing it with Michael Jordan is likely to finish with three titles. And with five finals losses, I think there's a decent chance the Cavs are in the finals again next year. I think it's likely that they will lose again next year because I believe the Cavs as a team have peaked. I don't think there's a lot of moves they can make. We'll talk about this later in the course of the show. We'll probably even open up the phone lines and ask you guys, what do you think LeBron should do from here? LeBron James has been fortunate. He has been able to win two two titles when things were really tight. He won Game 7 last year, and Ray Allen hit a huge three in Game 7 against the Spurs. If you change two plays, basically if Draymond doesn't get suspended or you change any number of plays, Kyrie Irving doesn't hit that crazy three in game seven, whatever you want to do, if you change a couple of plays, then LeBron James is one in seven in the finals. He's won the two times he's been close. The five times that LeBron has lost the NBA finals, his team hasn't been that close to actually winning the championship. They've lost... 4-2 4-2 or 4-1 or 4-0. He's never lost a seven-game series. So both times the thing has gone seven, he's found a way to win against both the Spurs and the Warriors. But I think LeBron James's resume is complete. But that was where we started when this series began. I think the way we finished was Kevin Durant and how good are these Warriors. Kevin Durant was asked about what it felt like to win his first championship, and he said this proven haters wrong like that's that's cool for me to talk about on instagram or twitter but like you don't concern me i'm coming in and working every day seeing how i can be the best teammate i could be the best player i can be you can talk about whatever you want to talk about but nobody comes in and cares about the game or loves the game as much as i do but to his credit he performed at a stupendous fashion in this nba finals he was the nba finals mvp and it was well deserved and again Without Kevin Durant, the Warriors don't win the championship this year. So I think this idea that he went and joined a team that was already going to win a championship to put him over the edge, I think is flawed. That's been an argument that's been out there for months. Honestly, it's been an argument that's been out there ever since July 4th of last year, nearly a full year ago when Kevin Durant made the decision to join the Warriors. The idea was, oh, the Warriors are going to come back and win the championship no matter what. The Golden State Warriors would not have won the championship this year without Kevin Durant. May have made the NBA Finals, may not have. We don't know. The Spurs may have given them everything they could handle without Kevin Durant as well. But I think definitely they would not have won the championship. Okay, going to open up your phone lines, going to bring in the crew for segment two, 877-996-6369, asking a couple of questions. What should LeBron do from here? If you were advising LeBron James, he's going to be 33 next year. Has he been passed? Will he be passed by Kevin Durant as the greatest player in the NBA? 
how much more upside, if at all, do the Cleveland Cavaliers have, or was this their peak year? Kyrie Irving theoretically could get better. I'm not sure that Kevin uh, that, that that the Kevin Love can get that much better. LeBron James, obviously, at some point, he is going to reflect the fact that he's in his 30s and he's got a lot of mileage on himself. What would you advise LeBron to do? Second question, is this Warriors team the greatest of all time? I believe Kevin Durant has been now completely and totally endorsed in the decision to join the Warriors. He made the best possible decision for his career. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ernie Johnson joining us now. Ernie Johnson inside the NBA. He's got a new book out. It's called Unscripted, The Unpredictable Moments That Make Life Extraordinary. Ernie, I'll ask you the question I was just asking my guys out in L.A. Is there anything anybody in the NBA can do, assuming the Warriors return the team that they have now, to beat them next year? It's going to be mighty difficult, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, especially when a uh, when a unit like this uh, gets that feeling and knows what it takes. You know, when Kevin Durant's the guy who got his ring last night, but Clay knows what that's about. Steph knows what's that what that's about. Draymond and and you've got you know. Uh, a core like that uh, with youth basically on their side. Nobody's really an old man at that group. And uh, that's going to be a daunting task for anybody. It's like what I said this year. I said, I don't see anybody beating that team four times in a series. I mean, that's the thing. You got to beat that bunch four times, man. And no, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like anybody else's chances really right now, but we'll see what kind of moves uh, and what kind of tinkering some teams do to kind of take it to the next level. But man, they've they've uh, that's an impressive bunch, man. You think the Warriors are the best team in the history of the NBA? Uh, I don't say I don't, I'm not going to say that. I, you know what? I think that I think we're always kind of in a hurry these days to uh, you know react in the moment and everybody has to be well this guy won a game so he must be the third best player of all time now this guy elevated himself to second and i i don't know i just you know they they played very good team basketball that's for sure and i don't know if anybody shot the ball as well as that team so uh they're in the conversation but i you know I'm not ready to win anybody the best of all time. We're talking to Ernie Johnson. He's got a new book out, Unscripted, The Unpredictable Moments That Make Life Extraordinary, obviously on TNT. Uh, is, is the Warriors team as constituted, as good as they were, 67-15, and 16-1 in the playoffs? Is their dominance good or bad in your mind for the NBA? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a terrible thing. I don't, you know, I, uh, it's just like, it's to me, when Tiger was on his role on the PGA Tour, you couldn't help but be attracted and watch him play because he was that good. So I think there's that element to Golden State, um, and I think you love to see a team at you know a team at its peak play its best. I mean, I, I really loved this series uh, after the first two games because I thought the, those those teams got after it, and and you really saw the game played at a very high level. And so, uh, no, I don't think it's a terrible thing, but it certainly puts uh, certainly puts the heat on, on other teams to say, how are we going to get there? And are we going to be able to pull the trigger on this deal or that deal? And, and, and know how, how, uh, 
how aggressive do we get trying to be that team? And and so uh, no, I, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I you know I I, I love watching those finals, and and I think that's going to be kind of the intrigue. Can somebody take them down? Talking to Ernie Johnson again. Go check out his book, Unscripted: The Unpredictable Moments That Make Life Extraordinary. Ernie, when you talk, you talked about how sometimes you get tired of trying to contextualize every team, every moment, every player. I feel like we do this a lot in the NBA, maybe uniquely. Every day I do three hours of radio. I could come on and say, is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan? Open phone lines, and we could just take calls on LeBron James versus Michael Jordan every day. I think it's the most played-out argument out there right now. But we did just finish another season. LeBron James now 32. In your mind... Is this time to even assess? Do you believe that these are the two greatest players of all time? How would you rank them? You spend a lot of time sitting around thinking about the NBA, assessing the NBA, ranking the NBA. How would you assess LeBron James versus Michael Jordan? I mean, I mean, Michael's the best I saw, you know, and I, and I, you know, I feel I feel privileged to have been working at a time where I could watch these eras of players come and go. I mean, it makes you feel kind of old, but it's also makes you feel kind of privileged to be able to go to your memory bank and, and remember having seen Michael in his prime and having seen Charles and Larry and, and, uh, you know, magic all in their primes. And so, uh, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put LeBron over Michael. Michael's still the best, uh, the best that I've seen, uh, so I guess I guess there's your answer. He's not my favorite. Pete was Pistol was my favorite. Now growing up, everybody wanted to be Pistol Pete. So uh, you got to make a difference between your favorite and your and, and the best. But uh, no, Le- LeBron has, has not surpassed Michael in my mind. How much fun do you have on Inside the NBA? I mean, it oh, appears no, to be incredibly fun on television. But are you having even more fun than we realize? No, uh, you know what? It it is a you know you have to sit back sometimes and realize how lucky you are to be doing the job that you're doing. And I've been in that chair for 27 seasons and uh, the last 16 or so with Charles and the, you know, the last 18 with Charles and with Kenny in there. And then the last six with Shaq. And I've always said that, you know, I grew up with older sisters, never had brothers. This is as close as I'll ever get. And, and we actually, if, if it looks like fun, it's 10 times what it looks like because, because we just enjoy each other's company and nobody's trying to dominate the show. Everybody knows their role and kind of, uh, you know, we're just four guys hanging out, talking hoop. I mean, that's, that's what we do. And, and, uh, and thankfully we have, you know, producers like Tim Kiley and Jeremy Levin who kind of throw the stopwatch out the window and say, Hey, if you guys are rolling with something, go for it. And, and that's kind of the way we do it. So no, it's, it is, it's 10 times more fun than you think it might be from, from just watching it on the set. We're talking to Ernie Johnson. Ernie, obviously everything has gotten so politicized in the last couple of years. Um, And what Inside the NBA has seemed to do a pretty good job of is realizing that sports is still the toy chest of life. Uh, You know, that this is where people go to escape serious things in in their life. One of the reasons your show is so good is the humor and everything else. How do you balance that out? Do you ever feel a responsibility to make sure that you're making sure that we're making sports fun? Because you guys are doing that at the same time that everything else in life seems like it can be so serious. Do you kind of consciously think about that? This is an escape for a lot of people. We don't need to politicize everything. I mean, how do you go about crafting a show in what is certainly a different era than maybe your show would have started in or any other time that's ever existed that you've been doing this show? Yeah, I think that we, uh, 
I think we realize that. And, you know, you're talking to a guy here. You know, I started out my career as a news anchor, and so the first few years of my career were spent in local news before I switched over to sports. And so believe, if, if anybody knows the difference between doing that and, and working in the toy department, as you said, like we are, it's me. And so, uh, yeah, I, I realize that sometimes it's tough to turn the, the the evening news on because you're afraid of the next thing you're going to hear. And people are dying for a for a couple hours where you take them away from that and they can laugh and now think about real world stuff. On the other hand, one thing that Charles has done to that show and he changed the landscape of our of studio shows when he came on is that we talk social issues. If there's something going on that everybody is talking about, we're not going to ignore it. And so there are times where we've gone there, but for the you know 90% of the time, it's, hey, there's a basketball game on, everybody kick back, there's no telling what might happen on this show tonight, but sit back and enjoy it. And, and I think we've never lost sight of that fact. I'm talking to Ernie Johnson. Go check out his book. Final question for you, Ernie. Again, the book is The Unpredictable Moments That Make Life Extraordinary, Ernie Johnson uh, Jr. Ernie, how quickly did you realize Charles Barkley was going to be a luminescent TV star? Um, pretty much from the outset. And I think that was the my only concern, really, when we hired him back around 2000, 2001, was when the novelty wears off, is he going to want to keep doing this? And and now here we're sitting here 17 years later, you know, with the same unit. And so, uh, no, I, I think we realized right away. I, they came out for a halftime show, he and Kenny, early on. And, and Charles even asked Kenny, he says, what are you going to say about this when we when we talk about it? And Kenny said, you'll find out. And that's way, that's the way we've done our show. And, and it's, it's totally unscripted. It's unrehearsed. Uh, it's spontaneous, and we just we just let it rip. And uh, the good thing is that Charles remained as a TV personality, the same guy he was as a player, the most quotable guy out there. Anytime he needed somebody to talk about something, he had an opinion. And so he never, you know, changed once the red light went on. And that's been that's been the great thing about that. I know I said last question, but I do want to hit you with that. You just talked about how opinionated <laughs> the show can be. Do you ever find yourself like rubbing your hands together when you see what a current player in the NBA might have said about what Charles or Kenny or Shaq or you have said on the show, thinking, my God, reacting to this is going to be so much fun? Because I'll sometimes oh, find that, right? Like For guys who do what I do, you get somebody who's in the arena actually commenting on what you do, and you're like, oh, boy, tomorrow's show is going to be a lot of fun. That has to happen for you too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and in, in the course of my preparation for any show, you know, you're always reading – uh, the articles from around the league and what people are saying, what coaches are saying, what players are saying. And there's always a, a trigger that goes off to say, oh, Shaq is going to love this. Oh, Chuck will <laughs> love this. And so you say, yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to throw that out there as a discussion point. And so, oh, uh, yeah, that happens. That happens all the time when you see something. And even if it's something like a, uh, some kind of analytics that, that, uh, you can point out during a show and say, I know Charles, this is just going to absolutely frost Charles when I bring this up. He's going to say, oh, you know, all those numbers, they don't. But so sometimes you know the response before you even go there, but you know it's going to be so good. That's why it's, you know, that's why people call me a traffic cop on that show. It's like I'm, I'm more of a rogue traffic cop because real good traffic cops don't want any fender benders in their intersection. <laughs> Me, I, I want to wave Kenny into the intersection and have Shaq T-bone him. And so, uh, yeah, that's, 
that kind of thing happens uh, happens all the time. Play. All, all right, it is uh, Father's Day weekend. I want to give you a chance to plug your book. Tell people why they should read it, why you wrote it as you go out here. A lot of big book buying going on this weekend, and you've got a great one out there for people to consider. You know, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful adventure to do this. It's the first time I've written a book. It's called Unscripted. It's the uh, the unpredictable moments that make life extraordinary, and it's it really is just a life book. It's it's how our family has navigated uh, uh, a life that has included the adoption of four children, uh, raising special needs children, uh, the relationship I had with my dad, who was a longtime broadcaster, and what I learned from him. Um, going through cancer, that kind of thing. So it speaks to people on a lot of different levels, on a lot of different life issues. And it's not a, it's not a here's, how, here's how to do it, I got it solved. It's like, here's how we navigated it, and it's not always easy. And so and I think the bottom line on the book is, is these unscripted moments, you have to embrace them and not run from them. And, uh, and it, it's just been so, it's been so gratifying just to see the response from everybody to to the book, and it's uh, it's the New York Times bestseller list, it's, which is very humbling. And and uh, yeah, I would obviously I would say yeah for Father's Day it would be it's a good one for fathers and sons to read. It's a good one for parents to read. And then uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on this morning to to get that word out too it's been out for two months now and it's been awesome to watch well we really are big fans here on outkick thank you for coming on with us have a good father's day weekend coming up and uh, we'll see you on television not too soon in the future clay thank you so much it's really been a pleasure being on be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific it was being it was being teased last night i think everybody saw it coming but it's it's a verified account saying that the Warriors are going to skip their visit to the White House as a unanimous team decision per reports. I'm still waiting to see more than that than just from this one guy. But uh, I've seen Dave Zirin of Edge of Sports is saying it now as well. But it was being kind of speculated last night that it was expected that the Warriors were going to say no to the Trump administration. This is, to me, a totally absurd decision. I'm not surprised by it, but right now... Everybody who works at ESPN just took their pants off. They just took their pants off. The season just ended. They're getting all their lotion. This is as exciting as anybody at ESPN has been at MS ESPN in forever. They're going to be I'm – I'm not kidding about this. And this is going to be so boring and so predictable and so just freaking annoying. They are going to now turn the Golden State Warriors into modern-day heroes everybody's going to be Muhammad Ali oh my god the Warriors are not going to go to the White House like this is just patently absurd frankly like if you don't want to go to the White House fine don't go to the White House it's such a ridiculous political statement to make in my opinion people come to sports I've said this for a long time because it's the dessert of life right people will pay attention to sports and pay the Golden State Warriors insane salaries and watch these games because they want to escape politics. That's just the truth. Now, you can disagree with me and you can say, oh, they shouldn't, you know, like, what about their political beliefs? Why shouldn't they adjust it? Like, if you have that strong of political beliefs, run for office, all right? Leave your NBA career when you're done and run for the Senate or run for governor or do whatever you want to do as a citizen of this country. But to me, regardless of who the president is, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Barack Obama, whether it's George W. Bush, whether it is uh, whoever the president is, 
if you are invited to the White House because of your accomplishment, you go. That's my personal belief. I would go. If I were a member of the Golden State Warriors, I would go by myself. All right? That would actually require some bravery. Right? If you were a member of the Golden State Warriors and you said, you know what? Actually, I kind of want to go. That to me is much more intriguing. What if Zaza Pachulia was the only warrior who wanted to go to the White House to celebrate the Golden State Warriors winning the title? Would the White House host him? Would it just be him and Trump just walking around, hanging out? Or Steph Curry or Andre Iguodala, just one of those guys who was like, you know what? I think this is ridiculous that we're not going to go and accept the ceremonial honor of going to the White House. I'm going to go walk through and go ahead and shake hands with the president and experience this opportunity. I think this is absurd. I think it's uh, I think it's something that is going to alienate a large segment of the sporting audience, and I think it's a political statement that doesn't need to be made. If you have an issue with the president, then you have a right to make your statements known about your disagreement with the president. But to me, this is why people get frustrated because regardless of who you voted for, you're paying, and we are all paying, hundreds of millions of dollars a year to NBA players to be sports figures. Yesterday, the Clemson football team went to the White House a couple weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was. The New England Patriots went to the White House. This is going to be covered so aggressively by everybody in the sports media. And the reason why they're going to cover it, honestly, and if you're just tuning in, the NBA champion Warriors are skipping the White House visit as a unanimous team decision per reports that are out there. The reason why it's going to be covered so aggressively is because most of the people who work in the sports media did not vote for Donald Trump. And so they aren't allowed to get their own personal political beliefs out very aggressively. So anytime an athlete shares their own personal political beliefs, they treat them as if they're a hero. They lionize them. They praise them. I'm already rolling my eyes at the amount of attention this is going to get from ESPN. I mean, just absolutely rolling my eyes. MSESPN, again, they got their pants off and they just grabbed their lotion. This is the greatest day in the history of MSESPN, the liberal sports network known as ESPN. I mean, is there anybody on the show, you guys may disagree, is there anybody on the show who would, if you were a member of a champion team, would you choose not to go to the White House based on, and it could be like you're really conservative and there's an incredibly liberal president. Uh, I remember the Boston Bruin goalie, Tim Tim Thomas, made this decision because he didn't believe that Barack Obama's policies made sense for the country. He was like a Tea Party guy. My perspective on this is straightforward. If you get an invite to the White House, you go to the White House. That's what good Americans do, even if you don't like the president. He is your president. So that's the respect that I would show the office, regardless of who the president is, and regardless of whether I voted for him. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for George W. Bush. Uh, I I voted when I have been uh, typically Democratic. This past election, I voted for Gary Johnson. But if Donald Trump wanted to take me golfing, I would be there in a heartbeat. If Barack Obama, who I voted for twice, had wanted to take me golfing, I would be there in a heartbeat. And if I were on a professional sports team or a college team that got the opportunity to go to the White House and meet the president, I'd be there in a heartbeat. To me, that's about being an American regardless of party. 
Jason Martin, are you there? If you are a member of the Golden State Warriors this year, would you go? Yeah, I would absolutely go, regardless of my politics. I mean, especially in, in 2017. Compared Don't to you like think that would be funny era. if one of the players was willing to go and he was the only warrior who went? Like, would they still have the – I mean, I guess they'd that probably guy'd be let go. That guy would probably be let go. But, I mean, the whole the whole thing – I'll just take it from from my angle on this, which is the process of sports champions going to the White House is ridiculous anyway. It should end. It creates news where news shouldn't exist. I don't care who these guys voted for, what they believe, all of that. That's not my interest level. You talk about politics and sports not really being something that should coincide all that often. I agree. There's more important things for the people at the White House to be doing, and it just doesn't make any sense. These guys want a trophy. Yeah, they beat LeBron James last night, so now they're going to go to the White House and they're going to say no to it. I just flat out don't care. This is an antiquated process that needs to go away because as great as it will be for ESPN to be able to talk about this, if indeed it's, it's entirely true and everything is legit, who cares? Like, it just doesn't mean anything. Like, l- these guys won a championship last night. We shouldn't be talking about whether or not they want to go to the White House. Just end it. it. It's ridiculous. The president doesn't need to meet with every sports champion. It's absurd. That's an interesting perspective. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think when you get the offer, you go. Danny G and Robert. Would definitely go. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And then if your dream came true, Clay, and one rogue warrior did want to go, I would hope it would be JaVale McGee. And <laughs> with the rat tail? Yeah, instead of wearing his silly Shaq hat from the 90s, it would be great to see him wearing a Make a America Great hat. I, I mean, is it, does everybody agree that you would go if you got the invite to the White House, uh, regardless of what you – I mean, I, I just – I don't see this as the time to make a political statement. Like, it's it's – it it is such a ceremonial event. I've been to the White House. I've gotten to go through it. It's an incredible experience. If you're a student of history, if you care about American historical life, it's an amazing opportunity. And it isn't in any way to me an endorsement of the person who is in the White House in your political belief. I, I just regardless of what the party is, I would be there. Uh, I agree also with Jason Martin that it's a ceremonial like non-story in general. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is something that has become a, a tradition. I think Ronald Reagan, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Richard Nixon, it wasn't done for a long time. I, one of those guys, it was either Nixon or Reagan that made it standard to bring every team that won a championship to the White House. Um, and uh, and obviously it, it, it is going to get a ton of attention. Again, for MSESPN, this is, assuming it actually happens, the greatest story imaginable and they will turn these guys into heroes because they have the same political belief as most of the people who are running MSESPN, including Bob Iger, who I believe is going to run for president, and that's why he's decided that ESPN is going to be the number one source for liberal sports commentary. Final segment of the show, we'll take your calls. Do you agree with me? Should you go to the White House regardless of who it is? Also, again, allow you to weigh in. What should LeBron do? How do you challenge this Warriors-era dynasty? I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. This is Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.